Welcome to the Brandon Bloom Podcast, the place to be to learn how to grow your business's visibility online organically. I'm your host, Liz Fleming. Let's dive right into this new episode. Hey, Bloomers, welcome back to the Brand and Bloom podcast. So excited for you to listen to this episode this week and beyond. I am here with the fabulous Sam Vander Whelan. She is an attorney turned entrepreneur and legal educator who helps coaches and service providers legally protect and grow their online brands through her legal templates and signature program, the Fearlessly Legal Ultimate Bundle. Sam lives in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania with her husband, Ryan, lots of plants. Hey girl, me too. (laughs) And her ever-growing stack of favorite books. Also, same. (laughs) If you've always associated attorneys with words like shark, intense, and cutthroat, well, you're in for a down-to-earth breath of legal fresh air from Sam. Sam, welcome to the Brandon Bloom Podcast. Yay. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be here. I have to add my puppy to that list now. Yeah. <laughs> I, just I also live with a new puppy. Yeah. And speaking of fresh air, I mean, we're airing this episode in the new year and man, can we use a clean slate and get our stuff in order, right? Yes, for sure. I think, um, I mean, speaking like legal stuff, I think the beginning of the year is a great time to get this in order also so that you can capture the entire year worth of business expenses from like the legal perspective, but also like capitalize on this enthusiasm right now and get this stuff over with. (laughs) Yeah, definitely. So just to kick it off, you know, we have this clean slate in front of us. It's easiest to see the bigger picture at the very beginning. For many of my listeners, they're probably just starting to dabble in the legalities and the logistics of that in business and especially in marketing, which we're going to talk about. It plays such a big role. Um, So what are the first three things someone should do to legally protect their business right now? Yeah. So the very first thing I think you should do is actually form your business or some people call it register your business because without that, you kind of don't really have a business. You have like a project that could be potentially making you money, but you have nothing substantiated. So I would say forming your business, which in America we do in the state where we live and work, we register our business as a business entity, like an LLC or a sole proprietor or a partnership, something like that. So that's kind of step number one. And then from there, I always say that if you're if you're already working with clients, then I want your next step to be that you get a legit client contract. However, you're working with people, whether that's one-to-one or you're starting a course um, or a group program or something like that, you want to get that contract. And then third, not I shouldn't say last but not least, but like at least the next step in, in this opening stage would be to get business insurance because that's what um, financially protects your business. So you want that business insurance to start um, as soon as you can before you actually start working with people. So if you really have like a long lead up time to get your business off the ground, like you're working on your website and you're like conceptualizing products and all that kind of stuff, business insurance can wait a little bit. It's just that you don't want to work with clients without it. Interesting. That one is not one I've looked too much into. I've done everything else, you know, the big heavy hitters. So that's really good to know. And it's something that a lot of people put off. I know when I first started my business, I wasn't really sure what it was. 
even though I was doing it every day. So I kind of gave myself some room for growth there. And then once I saw that, it, you know, I had an idea and it was working, I went ahead and did all that stuff. And it's totally changed like the vibe of my business. I take myself more seriously. Other people take me more seriously. And that plays a huge role in things like marketing for sure. So I guess in terms of that, what would people need to know about legally protecting their content online? This is the big thing that I want to talk about. We as business owners have to create so much content and we need to make sure that we're not stepping on anyone's toes. We're not doing anything wrong and we're just taking care of ourselves in business. So what are your tips there? So exactly like you said, I always say, because people are always so worried about their content getting stolen that I always say step number one or like pre-step is make sure you're not copying by mistake or anything, someone else's content first, right? Mm -hmm. So you want to do, make sure you're doing your research when you're naming your products and programs, when you name your business, when you um, are writing content, obviously online, using graphics, you want to make sure that you're not using anything from somebody else before we hop into this phase of like, is somebody now stealing my stuff? So Mm -hmm. then from there, I would say that, you know, there are some practical tips I can give you of like, make sure you have a copyright, uh, what I call a copyright formula on the bottom of things, which is the C with the circle around it, followed Mm -hmm. by the year of first publication, followed by the name of your business. So you can put that on your written stuff. Um, You can always make sure you have like a watermark or a logo, depending on what uh, you're using. Or if you're doing like Instagram graphics, put your logo or your tag somewhere that's not just on the bottom where it's easy to cut it off, things like that. So those are like a couple of practical tips, but the truth is with online content. And like you said, as much as we all produce, it's nearly impossible to actually block or prevent someone from copying your stuff because they can literally just sit on their phone and type into their Instagram caption, the very same Instagram caption that you had. And it's very difficult to find it. Now, funny enough, like through the magic of the content universe, we usually end up finding out about this stuff because I don't know, somehow (laughs) it just like comes across your desk or someone tells you uh, it's pretty funny. I have this one ultimate bundle member where like people keep tagging her and other people's stuff to let her know that people are selling her products. Like it's happening to her a lot. So that's always possible. So the point really is to put yourself in a position to just know what to do about it. And I Mm -hmm. teach that and and we can include a link to a blog post because there are like several detailed steps, but I do teach people like what steps to go through because it's really about knowing what to do um, more than blocking them since we don't really have that like mechanism. Right. And that's something I know the research was so important to me when I first started because I'm a digital product provider and I needed to make sure that my signature program wasn't something that was already taken. That was really important to me and that I could brand it consistently. So I needed to make sure that, you know, the name wasn't taken on social. It wasn't taken, it wasn't registered. Um, and you know, the course names were taken and luckily the podcast name wasn't taken, but that research on the front end is going to save you so much time than having to go back and like fix stuff. (laughs) Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And, um, what about things like, I know the copyright symbol and all that, the watermarks are so important. What are your thoughts on, um, like, terms and policies on websites. And like, I know for me, 
when I first started, I was just kind of copying generic copy from Google and just trying to save my ass. <laughs> yeah. But now I take it way more seriously. Do you have any tips in that regard? Yeah. So I, I am practical enough to understand the temptation to either like use one of those like freebie policy generators or to steal from other people, like copy and paste from other people you think do like a similar thing. You know, I've seen, I feel like at this point in like four years in business, I've seen it all, but um, I would tell you a few things. So one is that you should know up front that stealing people's other, like other people's policies is actually copyright infringement, exactly what we were just talking about, because this is content, even though it's a like privacy policy or terms and conditions, this is still content on their website and you're taking it. It's also copyright infringement for the attorney who wrote it. Um, and it could be theft from somebody like myself, for example, if I sell templates um, for these policies, which I do, and then someone purchases that policy from me and you go copy from them. Now I can also come after you because you've stolen my product as well, which is a paid product. And by going on this person's website and stealing it, you've actually broken their terms. So it's not like, it's not good for that part. We could even talk about like <laughs> the energy of all of it too, but um, you know, that's like a whole different, <laughs> a whole different ball of yarn, but there's all of that. But actually what I think in like reality is a bigger issue is that by doing that, two things happen. One is you, you're always going to have a question in the back of your head of whether what you have is enough. And it's probably not because you did it yourself, right? And two is that because you did it yourself, it is probably missing key provisions that you actually need to legally protect you. And so you want a more robust policy that actually gives you the opportunity to set the terms for your business. So I always say to people, as the CEO of your business, you actually get to set the rules. Like for a lot of these legal policies and the templates that I have, there's not a hard and fast rule, for example, as to what your refund policy is or how many days you wait to charge someone's card after a failed payment attempt or, you know, all these little policies you get to decide. So by taking somebody else's or by taking some like random thing online, you're essentially adopting another business's policies when you get to set your own. And what is most important about these policies is that they are true as to you and like how you're going to run your business. So you need to know what they are. Um, I always say you don't like because my templates are fill in the blank. I always say you don't know where somebody else's blanks were, right? And so you don't even know yeah. what you're supposed to be changing or <laughs> oh, like what's changeable. Yeah. And um, you want to make them your own and then actually stick to it because you need to draft your own refund policy so that you can actually enforce it, for example. Yeah, yeah, and know what the heck you're doing. Yeah. Um, when it comes to stuff like copywriting and people, you know, just taking your stuff online, at what point would be the right time to take legal action versus just kind of letting it slide. I kind of found that, you know, I'm especially scared about this as a digital course creator and people, you know, having access to courses or programs and downloading and sharing on one side of this coin. I'm like, okay, this is some free promotion for me on the flip side. I'm like, holy shit, this is my livelihood. Mm -hmm. and I need to protect it. So what do you recommend? I mean, like, when are we supposed to take action and call someone like you to help us? Yeah. So you, so I always say when, when you find out that someone's like copied your content or they've purchased your product, downloaded it, and then they're like selling it as their own or whatever, 
you always have the option to go to an attorney straight away if you want to, right? And also going to an attorney isn't always like, um, you don't just go to them and file a lawsuit. You can also go to them and just get some advice. Like say, this is what happened. What do you think I should do, right? And they might just send a cease and desist letter, for example. Um, they might just counsel you as to what to do if you want to try to go at it yourself. Um, but essentially you have these, these two options. You can try to contact the person yourself or you can go to an attorney. And if you try to go about it yourself and the person doesn't respond, doesn't take it down, denies it or something like this, or sometimes people are even kind of abrasive and like come back at you, even though it's really blatant, um, then you can still go to an attorney. So it's not like you lose that right. The only thing that you need to know is that if you go about it yourself first, right? You try to contact this person, you send an email, you DM them, like you do <laughs> whatever you do, don't put them on blast on social media. That is bad. That can actually backfire and be a legal issue for you um, because there are like business libel laws. Um, so you can go about it yourself. However, just know that part of the risk of doing that is that you could accidentally say something or do something that essentially untangles your rights, right? Sometimes people accidentally admit things, they waive certain rights um, in a DM or an email because they just don't know. And so the real benefit to like not having any communication with this person, just going straight to a lawyer is, is making sure you don't mess that up. However, that's just not financially doable for a lot of people. Right. So I understand there's this dilemma. So I kind of, I've teach people essentially the built, the basics of what to do yourself, what definitely not to do, and then what things to get together if you want to go to a lawyer. So you can always try that, but yeah, it is that's tough. smart. And that's yeah. why you've created like your signature program, right? Can you tell us about that? Because it sounds like something everyone could benefit from. It's, it's a community, it's a learning resource. I'd love to learn more about it. Yeah, so I created the Ultimate Bundle over three years ago because uh, I was selling DIY legal templates like contracts and website policies that are digital downloadable products for a while. And then I realized there's it's not just about a contract. Like everything we've just talked about has nothing to do with a contract or just having a policy. You also need to know what to do in these situations. You need to know what to do when someone doesn't pay you, uh, when someone copies your content, when you need to form your business, when you want to go create a group program and you're like, I don't know what legal issues I need to know about that. Um, I knew that there was so much beyond just contracts and website policies for online um, coaches and course creators. So I created the ultimate bundle, which gives you 10 of my DIY legal templates, like the most essential pack of legal templates. And then now 35 um, on-demand video trainings teaching you wow. everything I just mentioned. And then like you said, you also get the community support as well and support from me. Yeah, that's something I know I'm going to have to dive into. I need to take a fresh look at all of the stuff I wrote like a couple of years ago. Um, one thing I did want to ask that just popped into my head. Um, I know that a lot of my listeners and just business owners in general right now are on Shopify, Etsy. A lot of them use Stripe and PayPal. And so often in Facebook groups that I'm a part of, I see people asking questions about things like disputes between mm -hmm. paying customers and like it being so out of their control because they're using these third-party programs and platforms. Is there any way to like make that easier if that's something that happens to you? I know personally with my online courses and my membership, 
I have everything integrated through Stripe and PayPal. And if something were to happen, you know, I have a great group right now. It's still very intimate. So I can talk to people one-on-one, but when this thing grows and, you know, I have a team and this people are coming in and out of the program, probably like, what is the best way to navigate that legally? So it's still protecting me in a way. Mm, That's a really good question. So it's kind of a two-part answer. So one is having all of your ducks in a row on the front end so that let's say someone did dispute, um, like what Liz is talking about is a, a chargeback dispute. So that's where someone goes to PayPal or their credit card company and says like, hey, I bought this course from Liz, but I don't like it. So I want my money back, even though Liz herself doesn't offer a refund, like it said, no refund. So people can still go and try to do that, right? So that process is about having all of your ducks in a row so that when you respond to that chargeback threat, because PayPal will reach out to you or the credit card company will reach out and say, hey, this is what this person's saying, what evidence do you have and support, you know? And at that time, you would want to provide them with a contract, right? Uh, that was not only had the right language in it about that you didn't accept refunds that or that the person had up until a certain date um, or that you don't accept chargeback threats, but also that that contract was signed and sent properly, which so often in our industry, even somebody who will try to put together a contract themselves, it's like halfway decent, then doesn't have people sign it properly. So it's not actually enforceable. So they'll come back to you and say, we don't recognize this contract. So it's like you had no contract and they just give the person the money back. So there's that whole piece. Um, the other thing, I, I mean, I can just tell you as somebody now who's had this online course for years and uh, has like a lot of recurring payments and you start dealing with this. Mm-hmm. I think that people don't talk about this enough in our industry, but as you, you do, there is a certain percentage that you have to um, kind of accept in a way or expect of failed recurring payments. So this is a different part of the industry where, you know, people will often talk about like people failing to pay or canceling their card or saying like, I want my money back. But what about the person whose card just gets declined and now they're not responding, right? Mm -hmm. So in those cases, there are a lot of automated tools you can use. I recommend um, having a Dunning email sequence set up. That's what I use. Um, And then you can use certain tools. There are online tools as well, where you can actually hire them to go after, you know, reach out to the people and say, hey, you need to make this payment. Awesome. That's so interesting to know. And as a lot of us, you know, are solopreneurs doing all of this ourselves. So trying to navigate it all is so intense, but knowing that there's a resource like you out there definitely brings peace of mind for sure. I'm so pumped that you were able to come on. Now you have a freebie for my listeners. Do you want to tell us about that? Because I'm super pumped about it. Yeah, sure. So um, I would love to invite you guys to watch my free workshop called Five Steps to Legally Protect and Grow Your Online Business. And it's a free one hour video training where I'll teach you my five step strategy, um, everything from the mindset block that you probably have that is definitely keep you uh, keeping you from growing your revenue when it comes to legally protecting your business um, through to how you use contracts to save your bacon to what your mm-hmm. website needs to be legally protected how to properly form your business and the only way to act like a business online that actually keeps you legally protected. So I cover that all in my free workshop. At the end, I'll share more with you too about my ultimate bundle program. I'll show you everything that's inside and give you a special offer as well. Great. Oh, I'm so pumped. And you guys, I'm going to put all of this in the show notes so that you can easily find it. And I'll also put Sam's Instagram handle there so you can follow her. She is a great 
tool to have in your toolkit, a great resource for your business. So definitely explore all that she has to offer. Sam, thank you so much. This has been amazing. We'll have to do a follow-up episode again soon. I would love that. I'm down. Thank you. (laughs) Yay. And remember to go out there and bloom boldly wherever you're planted by staying rooted to what matters, things like legalities in your business. They're not always the fun things to do, but they're the right things to do, the things that matter. So go out there, bloom boldly, and remember you've got this and I've got you. Did that go by too fast? No worries. You can always find me over at elizabethfleming.com. That's E-L-I-S-A-B-E-T-H-F-L-E-M-I-N-G.com. For more information about my programs and how to take your learning further with me, there's also a free marketing checklist that you can get your hands on right now if you'd like. So head over to elizabethfleming.com for more. And if you loved this episode, I would love it if you left a review in return. It helps so much. So tell your friends about it. If you want to share it on social, the official show hashtag is Brandon Bloom Pod. And you can also tag me everywhere. I'm at Ms. Liz Fleming. That's M-S-L-I-Z-F-L-E-M-I-N-G. Everywhere on social media. Thank you so much for tuning in and I will see you next time.